Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. If you want to always have a quick patch and repair kit on your camping trip, wrap a few feet of duct tape around a water bottle or hiking pole. When you need a piece, simply peel one off. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. There we go. Let's change the match reaction for Everton 1, Manchester City 3. I've got Mark Mosey here with me now. Uh, Dave Downey will be joining us. Very shortly, but it's late, uh, late kickoff time. So we thought we'd crack on, uh, get into that game. Uh, difficult one tonight, really, mate, to know where to pitch it. Certainly feel better than I do, I do tonight after and after Sunday. But in, in a way, it, it's a sort of game, the sort of performance that makes me more angry about Sunday because you sort of feel with the same application, the same aggression at points, um, some of the you know, the way we kept the ball at times against the City press. Even a bit of that on, on Sunday would have been enough to get everything over the line. And Obviously, it's disappointing to lose a football match, even to a, a side as good as them. Even you know, uh, you know, even though we've been poor at Goodison Park recently, but um, just one of those which you sort of a bit gutted about. But you you've got to try and take the positives from it, I suppose, haven't you? Yeah, I think your your disappointment levels are probably based on your expectation coming into tonight's game, and for for one major reason, that being that Man City are absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I don't think many of us have enormous hopes for the game um, don't get me wrong we don't want to write games off but I think all we were we were really asking was to go to back to those sort of basic attributes of being well organized showing a bit of passion and fight showing a bit of ambition and bravery on the ball when we went forward uh, and I know people talk about the the kind of good luck nature of Richarlison's goal but that all comes from showing a little bit of bravery on the ball putting men in the box I mean just that one particular Instant had Luca Dean, Richarlison, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Alex Awobi all getting forward and all trying to ask Man City questions. Man City are going to ask you questions all night. Um, you, you know, you're going to have an enormous amount to deal with. But I think so often when we've had these sorts of bigger sides at home at Goodison Park, if, if you are the team who had a little bit of emphasis on the game and show that little bit of drive going forward, 
then you, you take that sort of defensive responsibility off yourselves. You allow yourselves not to play within your own 40 yards of your own goal line. Um, they were the bright moments for me tonight. Um, I, I would like to have seen us play with a little less fear. I think the, the probably the only player I could point to that that didn't play with that apprehension for the entire game was Ben Godfrey. I think in particular in the first half, he all of the characteristics in, in terms of his one-on-one defending, his just stature as a defender, were, they were all fantastic in that first half. But yeah, the game on a whole, you're right, we say it's a massive improvement. Um, you're also correcting that it makes the weekend incredibly annoying. Um, it, there is ultimately no point in bigging yourselves up for these games and showing the, the level of effort and and what was all around a, a generally decent performance when you're not going to dispatch teams who are, who are your bread and butter coming to go to some park. And, and that's where Everton have to learn. Um, everything, unfortunately, against Man City and against these elite teams is a bonus. If Everton want to progress into, into European places and, and make this season a noteworthy one, then... We have to win the games that we're expected to win. And tonight, albeit was not one of them, but we wanted a reaction, and I think to to a, a large extent, we got it tonight. Yeah, I think it was it was nice to see us go back to that that back four. I don't know if that will continue, obviously, because the opponents we've got coming up after after Liverpool, or potentially because Yerry Mina is, is obviously injured at the moment as well. But I thought that was that was comforting because we've, we've played our best football and looked at our most solid when we, we've had those four centre-backs uh, in the side. Uh, Dave does join us now. Uh, good evening, mate. Uh, just just started. Uh, just be good to get your instant, obviously instant reaction because that's what the show is called. Bit of a dunce moment there from me. Uh, but it's been a, a long day. But um, just saying to Moe's there, difficult to know really where to pitch that one in terms of feelings. Obviously disappointing to, to lose, disappointing to lose at home. But um, it felt like there were, there were some positives Everton could take from that game at least. I disagree. Completely yeah. disagree. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any positive you can take from that whatsoever. I think attitude-wise, for me, they felt like there was an inevitability. City were going to win the game, and I think when we get into one-one, a half-time, probably fortunately, um, I just, I, I just felt like it was inevitable, and and we didn't change. We didn't react to what they were giving, what they were throwing at us. I mean, let's face it, we were basically camped in our own box for the majority of that first half. Breakaway, it's a decent goal because it's a decent move. There's a little bit of luck with Richarlison. Would have been nice if it goes in for Luca Dean, um, having put a good shot in. But I just, I, I don't take anything from, from that match. I think it was, it was better than Sunday if you're absolutely searching desperately for positivity from this. But that wasn't difficult, was it? Us three could have lined up today and been better than <laughs> Sunday. Um, and and some of us can't kick a football. Um, not not you, Mojo. You're you're good. I know, Matt, I know, I know. Oh, cheers, mate! Yeah, nice one for that. I know Matt agrees with me. That, <laughs> I know Matt agrees with me because that's why he stopped playing. Not only have not only have Everton lost, but you're digging out my footy skills. Oh, there we go. Mate. Disagree, disagreeing with me first point, digging out my footy skills. I can't believe I let you into this Zoom call. <laughs> oh, look, it's nice that we uh, we disagree sometimes, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't take anything from it at all. It just felt like it's it's, oh, it's Manchester City. We know we're probably going to lose, lads. Let's try and show a little bit. There'll be lads in there tonight. Probably Gilfie Sigurdsson delighted with that because we haven't been we haven't been shown up. Um, we haven't been absolutely destroyed. Which, excuse me, let let's be honest. When when they get the third, there was a risk of that happening with fifteen left. Um, but I don't I don't take anything from it. I don't take it. No, there's no. I'd look at that performance and say 
that's a big reaction from Sunday. I don't look at it that way. I think there were we were sloppy when we got the ball. I think there were so many times when we broke out when City had break down. And, and and look, we need to we need to establish this. Manchester City are a wonderful, wonderful side. But when when Everton had opportunities to do better when they got the ball, because City weren't City weren't firing on all cylinders by any means. Can can you really say City got into second or third gear to win that match? Mm. I don't think so. And I, and I think that's why I can't make peace with that being a decent effort from Everton. I don't think it was. I don't know. I think I think you've obviously got to take into account the fact that the team are playing, the fact that we've not got our best player and best goal scorer in the team. So I think I think they're all, they're all things you, you've got to consider. And obviously, Alan wasn't available tonight either. It, I just thought it was good that on the hour, Everton was still in the game. And you, you know, I know you said there, Dave, it felt like there was a sense of inevitability. But I sort of felt as when we got to 55, and I think it was Rodri who put that deep cross in with his left foot. And it was almost like, these are running a bit out of ideas here. They didn't really create tons of chances. Obviously, Jesus has one on his left foot, which he maybe should hit the target with. But... At, at that point, I actually thought we were doing a relatively good job of frustrating them and, and, and keeping a foothold in the game. And ultimately, it's a it's a wonder goal from Mars, isn't it? Which which breaks the game open again, and, and Everton sort of you know sag back into a mm. shape after that and, and find it find it quite difficult. But I, I don't know. I, I think there, I think there were some things to, to build, and I think there were some things that happened that we've we've known for a while. It doesn't make them any less frustrating, you know. You mentioned Sigurdsson there, Dave. I think the goalkeeper's an awful one. Should absolutely save that uh, third goal. But um, mm-hmm. but you know, in the interest of trying to look ahead a little bit, Mark, um, do you think that 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 back four certainly is it's got to be in place as as much as possible now between now and the end of the season? Because I don't, you know, it's it's not just them. I don't think even I think Luca Dean looks pretty capable playing on the left hand side. He's been quite productive when he's been used there, mm-hmm. um, and I think the team in general. It just looks like a team with the majority of lads who look like they enjoy defending and, and doing that side of the game more than more than anything else. Maybe you could not ask me to look forward. That would be great seeing as other dogs. <laughs> Maybe look beyond Saturday, yeah. If we just stay in, in this depressing moment, that would be great. Um, I, I, I like that back four, I, I must admit. I think when it, when it originally worked a few weeks ago, the, probably the only question mark I had about it was where do we fit Luca Dean back in at, at left back? Because for me, he was the one who who absolutely had to come back in. Um, the the worry that we cited against against Fulham is that when we've got an out and out full back playing at, at right back, it, it all looks it all looks very disjointed. All, all of the good things that we said about playing those four centre backs at the back, in terms of not allowing. People like Jamie Vardy, someone who it worked perfectly against to to run into those channels and to really get behind Everton's back four. That that wasn't happening. And, and when Luca Dean and Seamus Coleman do play, that that clearly does. Um, I think when you've been in such a poor run of form and you come up against teams like Man City and Liverpool, th- this is going to be the the Everton back four that we see consistently because the the side that we saw beat Chelsea at home. That, that solidity at the back is everything that you buy into when your team is in is in quite poor form. I think that, that we'll, we'll absolutely say it again at the weekend, um, based obviously on on Yerry Mina's fitness. Luca Dean can do that job. Is it is it slightly restrictive going forward? I would probably argue yes. There was a, a couple of times in particular tonight. I, I know that Kyle Walker is is a very good fullback, but he kind of gets ushered off the ball far too easily for me. Um, I appreciate your, your wingers and your more sort of flair attacking players are not necessarily there to be 
overly combative and, and physical, but he, he looks a little bit out of position at times. Um, I think the, the the thing that resonated with me tonight is that if, if you were imagining an Everton side who got something against Man City at home, you probably require them to be quite physical and, and quite well organised. And I think that's what you buy into when you get those four lads at the back. The, the physicality didn't quite evolve into the midfield, I didn't feel. Uh, Tom Davis and Abdullah Adekore had decent games. Um, but I think in, in terms got of... got booked, didn't he, as well, which was an issue, I think. Yeah, which, which hinders them, absolutely. But in, in terms of really getting into Man City players' faces, I think that that's where the, the kind of apprehension and that element of fear was always in my mind, in that it, it always looked as though... Yes, Man City didn't need to get out of second or third gear, but it was because Everton didn't really go, not, not necessarily flying in, but that, that level of sheer aggression that you need to really get into, into the faces of a side like this wasn't necessarily there. And, and yes, those early bookings definitely, definitely attribute to that. But I, I, I see a lot of sense behind that back four. And I, I know that it takes someone like Luca Dean out, but until we've got an, an out-and-out, not necessarily world class, but an equivalent to Luca Dean on that right hand side. I do feel that this is the best version of what Everton can offer defensively. Um, and as you rightly say, that that's where we look best. The the fluid attack in play. Yes, it was there earlier in the season, and yes, those capable players are still there. We're still capable of creating good attacking moments. <laughs> the, the main strength of this side is in its defensive nature. And I think whilst that is still the case, then we, we kind of have got to buy into it, in particular in games like Man City and in particular leading up to, to going to the pit on Sunday. <laughs> well, what about what about you, Dave? Is that are you you sort of go a bit defence first for the rest of the season? I don't think yeah, but I think we're forced into that as much as doing it out of choice. Because any any sense of control Everton tried to get in this game is just non-existent for me. Um, there didn't seem to be a game plan, Matt. I think that's what I'm most frustrated about. I, I didn't see it. There obviously was one because we get to half-time by hook or by crook with, at one all, And then I suppose that's when I'm sitting there thinking, this has to change. City will score again if we don't change. Now, so I thought we were all right in the first half. Like I know we weren't, we weren't creating tons of chances, but they had... Did they have any real clear-cut openings in that first half? I thought we were containing them rel- relatively well. Look, in, can, in... How long does containing last against a side like that? that but that's, that's what that's what you've got to do against, and that, that's what that side. <laughs> but that's that's what that, that eleven that he named tonight was there to do, wasn't it? It was to contain them and try and get things on the break. Which I think in the first half, in fairness, is ex- exactly what we did. You know, the goal comes mm-hmm. from a deflection. You can say the same about ours. There's there's a, there's a bit of luck in there as well. But I think we went into that game with the the, the MO to con- control City, to limit their opportunities and try and pick up bits and pieces on the counter-attack and from set pieces. And I think in the, the first half, I reckon he would have come up at half-time and thought the, the plan's actually working all right here. Through through luck, let's be honest. It was you could say their goal was lucky as well, couldn't you, Dave? To be, you know, it takes a big deflection. Fair enough, yeah, but I still think he's nailed it into the bottom corner if you look at the replay. Um yeah, I just don't. I'm I'm torn actually between what you're saying makes absolute sense, what Mo says uh, makes sense to me, but how I'm perceiving this game is that maybe I'm I'm subconsciously just really hating Everton performance of that ilk where we have to concede so much possession, we have to concede so many chances. I sit there thinking, 
does it have to be that way? Is there a different way of doing this? Is there a different way of a different outcome? And it felt really predictable to me that Everton were going to try and do what they did in in, in nullifying City. Um, I'm not too sure about the choices. I mean, Gilfie Sigurdsson's just not built for those games, is he? He's not built for anything that resembles high intensity. He's not built um, for this sport. What's that? He's not built for this sport. <laughs> and but that's it. I mean, you 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 have to make up for that position when Mark when you're putting someone yeah. when he's on the pitch. Your fair thought shouldn't be who's making up for the ground that he's not going to do. Who's going to step in into that role when he's standing on the halfway line pointing and out of breath. And and if you look at the cut, certainly the last goal that they score, that there's there's a there's a strong route to, to him actively not getting back and into position to try and prevent City scoring that third goal. How he lasts that long in matches as well. He, he's, okay, he's, fine. he's played every minute of the last three games, including 120 against uh, Tottenham. Yeah. And you're like, what is Carlo seeing here? The armband thing doesn't bother me because it's it's worthless to me these days. But what does he see in that footballer that he doesn't look on that bench and think, well, okay, maybe they don't have what I perceive Gilfie to have. But I'll tell you something, all nine of the men sitting on that bench are faster than him. For the start, probably include the goalkeeper in that, Olsen. Um, the, there's a real issue with him in our team. I can see sometimes leads away maybe where it worked because he, ad- he adopted the position that was like a false nine at times. And we were able to feed him the ball. He was able to stand there and point and do his favourite thing. But that was actually something that we could fit into that setup because then, then we're able to sort of... Bill from that, not he's not a hold up presence as such, but somebody who you can feed the ball to. The one thing he, he has got is a decent touch, isn't it? And and he's able to turn and then do his favourite five yard back pass. That that's fine in a game like that. In a game like this, where you've got to, you have to chase shadows, you have to have the humility to chase shadows. Um, like Richarlison did. There's your one positive from me, Matt. I thought Richarlison. Yeah, he played really well tonight. Yeah, I thought his energy levels were back. The petulance was there, but it was probably a game like that because they have a load of players who do that sort of thing as well. He got booted everywhere as well tonight, didn't he? He did, he did, yeah. and he does. Um, but the petulance, as we've discussed many a time, but is just, never going to help him. Just before, regard, to speak about, just before we go on to speak about Richarlison, Dave, because I do want to talk about him, but just, just on Sigurdsson, I think when he played behind Richarlison tonight, I actually thought he was fine. I think he did quite a good job sitting on Rodri defensively similar to what he did against with Calvin Phillips, uh, Leeds, as you mentioned there. And he was just, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was just okay. But I, it's, I just, a role of, it's a role of deniability, Matt, that he plays. But, that, that's the issue for me. His, like a fullback in a football match, before this modern day thing that we see nowadays with fullbacks are essentially wingers and all that stuff. A fullback was generally in your team, go, go back, I don't know, 10, 15 years, whatever it is. Fullbacks were the least important outfield slot in your team until that revolution came and people started making Barca. It was Guardiola at Barca, wasn't it? Um, with David Alves and uh, Alba, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Danny, Danny, Alves, Danny Alves and Jordi Alba. He got the two, <laughs> got the two mixed up there. Anyway, those those two, that, um, that that was looked to me like the real initiation of this this style of play. And you, know, you get Arsenal trying to recreate it as well. And all of a sudden it's a thing in England. But now, obviously, nowadays it's it's a massive thing. But you you look at where Sigurdsson plays on that football pitch. I look at him and think, 
He's actually trying to play in a role there where he can hide a little bit on this pitch and take zero responsibility. And it, it, it's it's too easy to spot. And that number 10 role in which he plays, it's, a, it's an area where you haven't got to run much. You've got to be more intelligent when he runs and you have to be uh, expansive in terms of distance and speed. That's why it works for him. That's why it has worked in the past when we've played him in that role. I, I accept that. Lovely ball to Bernard gets us in an FA Cup quarterfinal. Fine about that. But you, you can't play in that role against a side like City without putting in the graph that goes with it. And, and we just didn't see that from him. I don't think he's either not got it in the tank or he's not asked. But it was I think more, it's probably a combination of both at times. It was more when he went to a deeper position tonight that, you know, it just thought he, he can't play that position anyway. And he was clearly goosed just because yeah. he's played so much footy over the, over the last few weeks. And we've got a lot, a lot of people in the comments. Yeah, keep keep them coming in, by the way. Let us know how you, how you feel about that game. Um, players who stood out, players who didn't. Uh, lads who you want to see in the team for the Merseyside derby on Saturday. But a lot of people in the comments were saying about Tom Davis again, who, as yeah. you mentioned there, had a, a pretty decent game tonight. And certainly on Sunday, I thought he was Everton's best player before he got hooked. And mm-hmm. again, I, I don't think it was any coincidence that when he was taken off tonight that, that Everton just lost a, a lot of structure in midfield because he's, he's the only one, really, who sits in front of that back four, nicks things, plays the ball simple and just, just gives mm-hmm. us a bit of shape in there. I think the the temptation from from a lot of fans and myself included in the past and and obviously from Ancelotti tonight is that you when the game is in that that moment where I, I don't know what score did he come off at two one yeah um, two one when you are looking to impact the game and actually you know go off and score a goal for example you're looking for those players who can affect the game in those key moments and Carlo Ancelotti probably looks at Gilfie Sigurdsson for the moment that the that Dave described there and where he do he does play in Bernard and he is capable of being technically intricate around the 18-yard box. And you can assume that the only affordability for keeping Sigurdsson on the pitch and taking Davis off is that he is capable of those key moments. And I think it, it, it's it's funny that the, the kind of basic nature, for want of a much better word, because that plays it down far too much, that that Tom Davis plays in allowing other midfielders to go and do their thing, to allow Decore to go forward, to allow Hammers to go forward. That is so important if you're going to stay in the game. I think it's all very well on 65 minutes against one of the Premier League's greatest ever side saying, let's go and nick a goal. But the likelihood is that for a vast majority of that time, you're still going to be dealing with the same problems that you have done for the previous hour. Um, the substitutions worry me from Ancelotti, to be honest. Um, I, I've bought into the fact that I'm never, ever going to be able to predict a, a start in 11 at Everton now. And I appreciate that there's a game plan behind every every starting lineup that we announce, but the ability to change the game in the middle of the second half is one that I'm, I'm failing to see a great deal of the time. And, and primarily that is because someone like Gilfie Sigerson stays on the pitch. And I thought Sarobi was lucky to get hooked tonight as well, to be fair. thought he did well, okay. You could probably look at that as tiredness and say he's probably played a little bit less than other players recently. Um, depends depends what side of the argument you sit on that in terms of whether he should be able to offer more or not. But I think the, the Sigerson summary that they've offered is absolutely spot on. Um, the the role of deniability, I've been, I've been searching for years for the position and the responsibility that Gilfie Sigurdsson has in this squad and the role of deniability is now it. Um, his his ability to hide from play both going forward and more crucially going back towards our own goal is nothing short of cowardly. 
no no professional footballer should hide in any particular moment of a game and his ability to do it do you know what you, you'll afford him a, a little bit of respite when we're going forward and you can you can kind of pass it off in that he's looking for intelligent pockets to play and occasionally he'll find himself behind a defender un, un, unreachable with a pass but the frequency with which he manages to do it is astounding and this is someone who's meant to be a, a very high q very high IQ footballer in terms of getting into those good spaces and, and finding intricate balls. And, and yes, he's capable of it when we put him in those situations, but th- this is not an attack that should ever be centred around getting him into those positions because, quite frankly, the, there's far higher gifted footballers around him that we should be focusing on. As, as you rightly said, Matt, the, the major problem with Gilfie Sigurdsson is when you bring him into positions that absolutely require more responsibility playing him in front of that back four swear to god if we have to go back to Anfield this weekend and watch him wave the play across the back four because he wants absolutely nothing to do with it it's totally counterproductive um I, I honestly don't know how many more more games that we're going to see of this but the, the lad clearly we could have said this two seasons ago there is one position on that football pitch that it is borderline acceptable for him to be on and it is that ghost position that he plays in behind Richarlison and I think that the frustration with me going forward tonight and I probably didn't see much of much positivity from him going forward on the ball there was a couple of intricate little link-ups and and yet he was in the box and in and around play for the goal but everything that we required from our number nine we got tonight we got all of that hard work and desire from Richarlison the endless scrapping for balls and just occasionally we needed Sigerson to be right up there playing, picking up that second ball and just taking a little bit of that pressure off Richarlison, taking a little bit of that pressure off the midfield three when he dropped back, actually putting a bit of a shift in. I know it, it sounds like such a blase thing to throw at a footballer to say that you're not trying very hard, but for, for so much of the time, it's that basic with him. The the sheer desire to be involved in the game is is quite simply not there. Um, and it, it's hard to dig deeper into the technical elements of his game because as soon as you notice someone's effort drop off, then the, the rest of the analysis around him just becomes pretty irrelevant because if, if you're not going to get the, the 100% from him, then it, it's very hard to expect the whole system to work. Um, yeah. I just feel like the, the deeper he plays and the more integral he is in terms of that midfield, the more Man City, a, a team who've won 16 games in a row, Going to 17 now. <laughs> 17 now, excuse me. Uh, are just going to absolutely spice us apart. And if, if you could show any youngster how not to behave in the centre of a football in midfield, it would be Gilfie Sigurdsson watching Bernardo Silva drift past him for that third goal. Bernardo Silva is a fantastic footballer. If you give him any opportunity, he'll try and run off you. He'll put the ball in the bottom corner, no problem. But if you don't challenge that with any form of defensive effort, it just makes the whole thing useless. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you, had, you had a poor game, and, and you know we've got, got people in the comments saying different things about him. Um, keep keep them coming in. We'll, we'll rattle through some of them before we we finish. Um, Jamie Roach as well saying, "Feel sorry for Gilfie. He can't play defensive midfield when he was up top. He was pressing well. His problem that he's a moments man and not a grab the game man." Davis, I get off and I will be again. Why? And uh, Neil H as well. I like this comment a lot. He says, "I agree with Matt. I thought we did all right for a fair well, while in the game." Like that, aren't you? 
Um, I'm just going to ignore you know, that. Uh, I think Dave needs to be a bit more realistic. I agree, mate. I absolutely agree. His head's in the clouds. Uh, he says they were free one up and brought on De Bruyne. Their levels above. We know this though. That that's that's my problem with the whole thing. You're sitting here telling me Man City are a good team. Have we just learned that after tonight? We know all this crap. We know how good De Bruyne is. We know we've got Aguero sitting on the bench with a cup of oval team. He could have come on and got a couple himself if he wanted to. We know how good Manchester City are. I'm simply saying I wanted Everton to be a bit better. Can you put your hand on your heart and say to me that's that's the best Everton have could have done tonight? No, you know, you know that, that's, yes. that's fair enough. That's fair yeah. enough. That's what that's I'm talking about. Um, Alan, Alan, every, every, everyone watching here siding with Matt. There's his admission that I was right. No, that's that's not quite it, is it? That's not quite it, is it? Um, get over one here, Adam Galloway. Are we just going to accept Delf just chilling out and laughing about losing? Matt, oh, I, it I, was I, his I, club, wasn't it? I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. To be fair, so he's, he's just irrelevant. I mean, as much as Guilty Sigerson swanning around, waving his hands in front of that back four is not acceptable. I'd, I'd pay to watch that. I had either watching Fabian Delf in that midfield. Yeah, absolutely irrelevant to this football. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that, to be fair. Just just a couple of points before we uh, wrap up, lads. Um, <coughs> you know, one of them's not really a point. It's goalkeeper again. Yeah. You know, it's just, just for me, they just hammers home even more that we just need a new goalkeeper this summer. I don't think either of the ones we've seen in recent weeks are good enough. And, you know, we can go back between Pickford and Olsen between now and, and the end of the season. And we're probably just going to be having the same conversation time after time until we get a better goalie in. Yeah, and it just, it just feels like all the talk we have about him being still a young goalkeeper and the, the the England sort of carrot that's dangled in front of him, which I thought might have been a saving grace this season, just hasn't come to fruition. Mm. Obviously, it's his first game back in, but yeah, I mean, you, you get you look at the point at which he makes contact with that shot from Bernardo. It's central, you know, it's it, it's close to where his feet would be. Um, and, and I thought, yeah, it, it was poor and it's got to be a priority, I think, in the summer. Whether that be the case or not depends on our financial constraints, doesn't it? So we might have to be putting up with the likes of Jordan Pickford and uh, Olsen for, for some time to come. But yeah, it just like he's hit a wall, hasn't he? You, you, you sort of go into these games with what was previously anticipation, but now false hope that there'll be a kick, there'll be a, an improvement, there'll be some sort of performance for us to, to hang on to. We got a little bit of consistency, I think, this season, maybe a couple of months ago, but it tailed off quite quickly. And, and now you, you do you have zero confidence with him when balls are up high, when he's coming for crosses. I see he's gone back to punching it now rather than trying to catch it. I think that's probably better for him, really. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of work needs doing. Uh, we knew that anyway. I think all, all of the... All the good re- results we've got this season shows what we can do, but our, our sort of standard base level is still is still below average, I think, in this league, and he's a big part of that. There's, the, there's always that feeling that you've got to be defensively perfect so as to not allow the opposition a shot on target. Yeah, and it, it can't be like that. And we've said it time and time before that if you know paying fans at home can can feel like that about their team, then how does that back four feel about it? Um, because I think the the great crime of of the uh, of the error that he's made tonight is that his previous errors have been that bad that people will look at that and think, well, he got a hand to it. I honestly don't think that that that's too much of a mistake. But I'm not having that Robin Olsen doesn't save that. I'm not having that an Everton goalkeeper in the future, if we are to progress at the levels of that that we so desire to, 
is going to have to save that. Um, it, it's a it's a story that we don't want to mention, but consistently have to. And, and that's the most frustrating thing about the lad is that he consistently makes us talk about about the position. I think the the outrageous moment from me from Pickford tonight was bowling the ball out to Decore in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> Four Man City central midfielders yeah. trapped around him. Uh, you know, we're already not for this to be an issue anymore. But I think, obviously, right up until the summer, it, it absolutely is. And um, just to pick up on on one of the comments from Ronald K, just put, I agree with Dave. Don't know what Everton fans expect. <laughs> many in twenty five years. Would you agree, Dave? I didn't. I missed that because Matt's short. <laughs> Matt's short. I was all over it. What's he said? David is Cumanisms. <laughs> oh no! I um, I, uh, I accept no, the point. Okay. I accept the point that, that Dave makes in terms of the, from the not romantic point of view, but from from the optimistic point of view, you you want to see Everton take the game to to every side. But I think that the great caveat on top of of tonight's game is that I I genuinely think that. Man City are just far too good for us. And I, I am never the type of person to say, let's write this off because it's Man City or Man United or whoever it has been in the past. But they are a totally different league to us. Um, and I think that we we really have to be in absolute peak form. Calvert-Lewin obviously has to play. James has to be on the top of this game for us to get anywhere near them. Uh, and I know that that, that, is, that is not the nil status and is the optimum that we've all... So, so passionately bought into for the last 25 to 30 years in our cases, but we're just, we're just not that good. We need to find the, the Latin translation of Calvert-Lewin needs, Calvert needs to play and Hammers needs to be on his game and stick yeah. that underneath the badge instead of... Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's a good point itself, Matt. It felt even when he came on, everything felt a little bit stale to me. And again, with the natural caveat that it's Manchester City and the greatest side that's ever existed and all that stuff. <laughs> But I just think we could have done a bit more. Probably still lost 3-1, maybe even worse. But I just wanted to see a little bit more, that's all. And I, I hope people understand when I say that. I'm not saying I'm expecting us to beat City. I was on Twitter putting a white flag up before <laughs> before the game even kicked off, for God's sake. I know how good Manchester City are. I just think Everton are better than what they showed tonight. We didn't do ourselves justice. Certainly the players we've spoke about for the bulk of the pod. Yeah, uh, fair enough. We'll wrap up some comments quickly before we finish. Uh, Maury said, uh, really, not Ramiro Funes, uh, really dislike Holgate at right-back. Godfrey is our informed defender, so I don't know why he's not playing there, why Dean is left midfield. Need a team uh, of Godfrey's, don't we? That's the thing. Yeah, well, apparently Brand said he wanted a team of Sigurdsons and he's you know, going to sign a new contract. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave When did that. he say that? Uh, he, said, he has said it in the past. I don't know exactly when, but... Oh, God. I'll dig it out for you after this day. Hopefully when Lee, 1-1-1-1-7-8. So we need far more energy and tempo in the team. Dave's has stepped up. Mm. Uh, having legs around from Decore. Sigurdsson deep is never going to work. Doesn't have the legs or the defensive instincts. Uh, Neil Michaels, as many people said after Fulham and before that, Newcastle, Hammers and Sigurdsson in the same team. He's just far too open. But Carlos seems to persist with it. Um, but yeah, we will, and Dave Mack as well. Midfield versus the Reds, Alan Gomez, Decore Davis with Richarlison and King up top, 4 4 2. Uh, Dave, Dom's got to play, hasn't he? Surely. And I'd, I'd, like, I'd, I'd like to think, in light of the, uh, the result tonight and the inevitability that fell around it for me personally, that they were resting him for the derby. Because, yeah, if it's the know, derby tonight, Davey plays, doesn't he? You get that. You, yeah, you get and, that and sense. So does Alan as well. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I hope I hope that's the case because then there's a method to the madness then, isn't there? Because if he was fit and uh, he didn't play tonight, then that would just be absolutely madness, wouldn't it? But quite clearly, and I suppose it's a nice thought, the easier of the two games by far at this stage, and this will be famous last words, I'm sure, is big reds at Anfield. Yeah, Kirby and Fusia's music starts playing right yeah. now after that's that. How, yeah. That's how good City are, apparently. But yeah, um, they 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 they've hit levels that no team has ever hit before. I didn't actually think they were that good tonight. I think I didn't think they had to be, but obviously we can talk about that all night, can't we? Um, but yeah, all roads lead now to an empty Anfield, and I hope that that thought is in the play. Just to echo what Carl Roper said on the uh, subs weekly this week, I hope that that's what's in this these players' minds that this isn't a conventional derby. They've got they haven't got they should not have that fear factor. They've got no fans there. It's a big opportunity for Everton. It really is, um, regardless of how poor and how down and how low we might be as a team. They're in a similar spot when it comes to league results. They can go and beat Leipzig and, you know, looking like Upper Meccano, all of that stuff. Look like they ran rings around them the other night. They weren't any good for the Reds. Two two great assists from the uh, Leipzig defenders for the two goals Liverpool scored, to be fair. Exactly, yeah. It's uh, almost like Liverpool are looking for an endorsement with Red Bull, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm much more confident about Anfield. Bring it on. Come on. Will, Will hang on. There's a question for you. There's the there's a, a point, I think, a stick in the mud there about how our mentality is because... Would you say, in general, Liverpool's first team is as good as Manchester City's? If you take in context everything that's happened in the last, what, year to 18 months, they probably are, yeah? Um, I put a question to everybody who has doubted my opinion on here tonight or said, come on, it's Man City. Which is a lot of people watching, to be fair. Correct. I would would absolutely admit most people, and most people on Twitter as well, I asked them the question that if Everton played exactly like they did tonight against Liverpool on Saturday, would they be happy with Everton's efforts? I think quite a lot. Would you? Would you? It's about momentum and form as well, though, isn't it? In terms of, of course it is. Of course it is, Mark. You're absolutely right. But my point is, we seem to be so accepting of that against City. In any world that we like to operate in, would you think that anybody would be happy with that performance against Liverpool on Saturday? I, I think that performance tonight, if I, you know, if I want to go on for longer either, might get you a draw against them. At the no moment. chance. Absolutely no chance. Maybe a bit, but you have to play a bit better, but you mm. might, might me point that, and, and, that, and that underlines my point. We could have done more tonight, I think. Yeah. I'd like to accept a defeat if Everton are firing on all cylinders and we're sitting here saying none of them could have given any more. We've just spent 20 minutes talking about Gilfie Sigurdsson pointing around, Fabian Delph having a laugh on the bench. It, it, it didn't feel like Everton give everything in that game. You can at least and, take solace from the fact that back in, back in December when this game was originally arranged for, we wanted Cheng Tosin and the rest of the under-23s to go out and play. <laughs> <laughs> With that focus on getting beat by West Ham on New Year's Day to care about it. So, do you know what? We, we bought into this defeat months and months ago, so we shouldn't really be too disappointed by it. And yeah, there's, you know, there's the point, Mark. You know, it's an improvement, isn't it? It's a positive to take from tonight that we weren't able to call on Chento, so I'll take that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably a good time to finish anyway. Uh, yeah, of course, we'll have loads of Merseyside Derby build up. Here on the Blue Room over the next few days. Um, yeah, 
don't know, I don't know how to feel about that one really. I sleep on it and then we'll come back to it tomorrow. Um, so if you want to hear more from us as ever, uh, come and join us on the Blue Room Extra on Patreon. Multiple Everton shows every single weekday, reacting to and looking ahead to all of our football matches. And at the moment, uh, there's loads, but after this week, it goes back to one a week. Dave, go on. Just want to say that uh, I did the Man City preview with David Mooney on his podcast as well. And my prediction was Everton won Man City three. So I feel pretty good about myself tonight because their charity bet that was that came in at 10 to 1. So I had £10 on that. So 110 quid goes to the Christie, which is a cancer hospital in Manchester. So good stuff. Uh, that's, good stuff. That's, big, that's the overwhelming positive I'm taking from tonight. Yeah. Great from the lads over there at Blue Moon doing that kind of thing. And well done today for getting the score prediction right as well. Uh, People are yeah. here wanting to kill me. You were up. Cheering Jordan Pickford's mistake, yeah. I might have had a few quid on the result myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. There we go. It's, what is it? Is it at David Downey 17, yeah, if anybody wants to call you a cop ice. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we plenty of that before the weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, but we'll leave it there. Cheers to Mark, cheers to Dave. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, subscribe, give us a like, uh, comment, all those kinds of things. Uh, always appreciate it, helps us get more and more views over the next few months or so. But yeah, we'll be back again for the Merseyside Derby on Sunday. Uh, we'll speak to you then. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules with clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value. Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale, too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank but looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.